0: Science is like a puzzle. Identifying the missing pieces and putting the pieces together. This is Joan Bank-Smith for
1: Kessler Foundation's Fast Takes, research that changes lives. In this special edition, we are celebrating the United Nations International Day of Women and Girls in Science. Our special guest is Dr. Ada Chen. Dr. Chen is originally from China. She finished two years of high school there and then her senior year in Scotland. She also remained in Scotland for her undergraduate degree, and that was at the University of Edinburgh, and she majored in sociology. Her first master's is in cultural and heritage management, and that was at the Edinburgh Napier University. Her second master's is in rehabilitation counseling, and that was from the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and to her third degree, a master's of public health was from the University of Edinburgh. And her PhD was in rehabilitation counselor education. And that was from the University of Wisconsin, Madison. Dr. Chen, you have a lot of education behind you. What made you decide to
0: initially go off to Scotland? It was actually a few reasons. First is the family influence. So my father back in 2000, He's also a medical doctor. He specialized in internal medicine at first, and later he visited the United States as a visiting scholar. He went to Winchester University in Virginia and he learned the concept of modern rehabilitation medicine there. So when he came back, he, he's very impressive with the education system in the US and he thinks. I would be a good fit to go home and study abroad. I also have a few family members and friends who's living abroad, uh, both in the USA and the UK. Uh, so that's the influence of the family and friends. And also for myself, when I was a uh, younger age, uh, I was very excited to have the potential opportunity to experience uh, different language, different culture and cuisines, um, the thought of it was very exciting for me. When you talk about the
1: culture, obviously you have one degree in a culture and heritage. How did that translate into then moving into the world of rehab?
0: I guess the path that I took to get to where I am as a, a postdoc fellow uh, doing the full-time research on employment and disability, at Kesel foundation, it's, a, it's somewhat a long path and it's now a conventional one. Uh, So my undergraduate major was sociology in the UK um, at the time. So by the time I finished with my degree in sociology, I was very confused. Uh, I was not sure what kind of career path I could take with a degree in sociology. Uh, So I explored Iran. Um, I've always liked culture and the thought of uh, heritage. So I saw this uh, master's degree opening up, it's called uh, the Cultural Heritage Management. And I thought this could be a good fit, uh, because part of the sociology study is about culture and heritage as well. Uh, So I applied for that. And during my master's degree study, I realized that um, this is now the career that I want to Take this is not something I want to do for the rest of my life. Uh, so I started to use my knowledge in sociology, uh, especially the uh, uh, knowledge on the uh, disability of sociology as well as some of the sociology methodology. I use that background uh, to give myself an opportunity to collaborate with some of the rehabilitation medicine researchers in China. Um, so we started to do some rehabilitation medicine research, uh, which gave me, uh, kind of gave me a chance to apply for the rehabilitation counseling degree in Wisconsin.
1: Throughout this journey, aside from your father being a doctor, has there been anybody else who you felt has been influential, either as a mentor, professor, that also helped you decide to go from the culture and heritage studies into rehabilitation?
0: Along the way, there were a few people that had a heavy influence on my decisions and my development as a researcher in rehabilitation. Uh, First of all, it's a family influence. So my father He's not the only MD in the family. It started with my grandma. My grandma, she graduated with a medical degree back in, I think, 1940s, 1950s. Wow. Yeah. She was, she was (laughs) one of the the first, you know, female doctors in the modern China, Republic of China. Yeah. At the time, most people, like, didn't even finish high school, and she somehow made it to the doctoral degree and finished with an MD. (laughs) So, um, yeah, she had an influence on her two sons, uh, my father, uh, who finished as a a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, specialized in internal medicine, and now he's more specialized in rehabilitation medicine. And my uncle, he also went to the medical school. Uh, He is a surgeon. He's actually a pretty famous surgeon in cardiovascular in China. So the family influences uh, had a very big influence on my decision process. The second one is um, my PhD advisor back to University of Wisconsin-Madison, Professor Hong Chen. Um, I think he is truly a scholar and a gentleman. Uh, he's also an excellent educator and a very, very productive researcher. So, because I came from a different education background uh, with my degree in sociology and cultural heritage management, I knew I did not know much about uh, the world of vocational rehabilitation, rehabilitation counseling. So uh, the first thing he asked me, he did was he asked me to take a lot of foundational classes uh, during my PhD, first three years of my PhD um, years. So I ended up taking uh, classes with master students. I, I was taking maximum credits every semester. And he also encouraged me to do the additional internships uh, in three different settings uh, to um, let myself, be familiar with the vocational rehabilitation system as well as the mental health system here in the United States. He also gave me a lot of uh, opportunities throughout my five years of as a PhD student uh, to do different research. Uh, so he helped me find my research direction, uh, which is on demand-side employment practice uh, as well as psychosocial research on disability. He also taught me how to uh, do data analysis, uh, prepare for the data set, uh, prepare and submitting manuscripts. Um, He basically taught me how to become an independent researcher. So when I graduated with my PhD in 2021, I, I actually had over 20 publications. That was the opportunities he provided to me, and we still collaborate even to this day. The last person that had a lot of influence on me is my current center director at Kessler Foundation, our director for employment disability research, Dr. John O'Neill, who is an amazing researcher and he has been a great mentor to me. Because my PhD program is called, uh, my major is called rehabilitation counselor education. We are trained as educators, and everyone was expected to get a university job as a professor after graduation. Most people in my field um, conduct research in university settings as professors. So when I applied for a postdoc position at Kessel, I, I was not so sure. I was not very familiar with uh, a typical uh, community-based research setting like Kessel Foundation. We had some really great conversations about what to expect, uh, the differences between uh, doing the research in university settings uh, versus a settings like Kessler. Um, He was able to share a lot of uh, valuable insight because he has uh, experience as both uh, the university faculty and a researcher at Kessler. So after those conversations, I was very convinced that uh, this would be a great fit for my career interests. Coming here is definitely the the best decision I've made in recent years. Um, I've been enjoying doing the research work here as well as as, um, working under Dr. John O'Neill and also seeing firsthand the impact of the research that he does here. So those are the people that have influenced uh, my decision process along the way. It seems that it's a nice mix
1: of different areas of study to help you along this journey.
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm,
1: definitely. You mentioned that you have a master's in public health and your Ph.D. is as a rehab counselor educator. How has those degrees helped you in
0: your current employment here at the foundation? My PhD degree in uh, rehabilitation counseling or rehabilitation counselor education and my um, master degree in public health, I think these two degrees complement each other very well. So for rehabilitation counseling or vocational rehab, our focus is on employment. The research we do is on employment and disability. At least here in the United States, Employment is often uh, viewed as a public health intervention uh, because employment it provides better physical, mental and emotional health to the individual with disabilities, also helping them to achieve independent living goals uh, as well as better quality of life. On the other side, uh, being unemployed, um, It's connected to uh, a few problems or issues, including depression, anxiety, uh, substance abuse problems, uh, ultimately lead to poverty and bad health and lower quality of life. I thought since employment is viewed as a public health intervention, uh, by learning the some of the advanced knowledge and uh, especially the advanced methodology in public health could really help me uh, with my research in uh, rehabilitation counseling or vocational rehabilitation. I think my education backgrounds in both um, sociology, uh, public health, as well as uh, vocational rehabilitation rehabilitation counseling, it has shaped uh, who I am as a researcher now, um, on my, this experience have provided me with the opportunity to gain a, a more comprehensive understanding of the medical, uh, psychosocial, and vocational aspects of approaches uh, related to the research I'm doing now, which is employment and disability.
1: I'm going to shift gears here a little bit. During the pandemic, you, John O'Neill, and myself, And a few others had the opportunity to work on the VRF manual. Uh, VRF stands for Vocational Resource Facilitation, which is a narrative and guide. What does this narrative and guide do? What's it used for? And if it's available to clinicians, other researchers?
0: First of all, I want to talk a little about the intervention, which is uh, called Vocational Resource Facilitation we usually refer it to as the VRF. So uh, this intervention, it is a person-centered and early intervention's uh, vocational rehabilitation program. Uh, It is designed to promote return to work and competitive integrated employment for, uh, for currently, it is people with spinal cord injuries. So the intervention starts uh, during the inpatient freeze at the Kessler Institute for Rehabilitation. The, it delivers the vocational services to newly injured individuals with spinal cord injury uh, during the acute medical inpatient rehabilitation state. And it, uh, the intervention followed by systematic uh, assertive employment services coordination Post discharge for around uh, two years, uh, which leading to competitive employment. The manual uh, we're talking about, uh, it's like a resources guide. Uh, because uh, vocational resource facilitation it's uh, the big part of it is to provide to the patients with uh, different resources and information that's related to their that's relevant to their employment that could help them return to work. Uh, so the manual um, describes what Uh, vocational resource facilitation is and some of the resources uh, that the practitioner could use um, to provide services to the individual. So my current project uh, is to study uh, different stakeholders' experience and perceptions uh, in regards to the effectiveness of uh, vocational resource facilitation intervention. Uh, So by stakeholders, uh, we're looking at two different sides. Uh, First one is the supply side, uh, which include the participants with spinal cord injury who have received services um, from the uh, vocational resource facilitation program. Uh, as well as the New Jersey State Vocational Rehabilitation Counselors who have provided services to the participants with spinal cord injury. And the other side is uh, what we call the demand side. It's the employers who have hired or rehired the VRF participants with spinal cord injury. So I'm hoping uh, to gain some insights about how those stakeholders their thoughts on how to improve the VIF intervention, the program. And I want to use those fundings to uh, enhance the current menu as well as the current interventions. For our listeners,
1: back in the day, when somebody came into the hospital, the rehab facility with a spinal cord injury, could be a lengthy stay, but people didn't necessarily think about What's this person going to do after when they get home? But today, the thought process is even while you're in the hospital, we already have to start thinking about how you're going to move forward. What are you going to do? What can we do to get you back into the job? Is that correct?
0: Yes, that is correct.
1: This manual, is this for caregivers as well as clinicians?
0: For now, this manual is uh, mostly for the clinicians, but we are hoping uh, we could expand the manual to have uh, to include some relevant information and resources for the caretakers as well. This manual
1: is on our kflearn.org website. If listeners are interested in taking a look at it, we'll have all of that information in the description of this podcast. We're going to wrap this up, Dr. Chen. And I just have one last question for you. From your experiences so far, What advice would you give to girls and women seeking a career in the sciences?
0: One important uh, advice I will give, uh, which has helped me a lot, uh, along the way, is to keep your curiosity, is to be curious, uh, because science or the research work is very curious in nature, and really to embrace and enjoy the intellectual challenges of the barriers that you find along the way, always asking questions. Science and research itself can fulfill a lifelong of curiosity for you. And I guess science is like a, a puzzle, identifying the missing pieces and putting the pieces together. So yeah, I think the advice I would give is to keep curious and don't give up.
1: <laughs> I think that's excellent advice. Dr. Chen, thank you so much for spending some time with us and for sharing your background and the work that you do at the foundation. We really appreciate all that you do here. Thank you very much for the opportunity. We will have Dr. Chen's bio and various links in the program, though, so be sure to check those out. Tuned into our podcast series lately? Join our listeners in 90 countries who enjoy learning about the work of Kessler Foundation. Be sure and subscribe to our SoundCloud channel, Kessler Foundation, for more research updates. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast was recorded remotely and was edited and produced by Joan Banks-Smith, creative producer for Kessler Foundation.